Chapter 45 of Legends of Saints and Sinners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Mulligan, County Westmeath, Ireland. The Legends of Saints and Sinners by Douglas Hyde. Chapter 45 saint patrick and his garmin this story of saint patrick i got from prontius o'connor it seems to have a certain affinity with the story of clomdove saint patrick does not play a very desirable part in this tale he uses his private knowledge of his garmin's capacity as a weight-bearer to the detriment of his neighbour the storyteller drawing no distinction between what was legal and what was morally equitable the story of the serpent's candle must be old and well known for it is alluded to in the widely circulated poem the dirge of ireland by o'connell said to have been a bishop of kerry talking of st patrick's exploits he says it was he who mcconnell na carriga who quenched the candle of the rock by his nod the story when St. Patrick came to Ireland to kindle the light of grace in this island, many troubles were coming upon him. The island was filled with snakes, north, south, east, and west, but it was God's will that Patrick should put them underfoot. When he came to West Connacht, he had a servant whose name was Finton, a pious and faithful man. One lay when he was drawing towards the reek and the demon running away before him in fear, it chanced that Finton was travelling in front of the saint, and the serpents came round him and killed him. When the saint came, he found Finton dead on the road. He was grieved, but he went on his knees and prayed to God to bring his servant to life again. No sooner had he his prayers finished than Finton rose up as well as ever he was. Patrick gave thanks to God and said, In God's name we will set up a church here as a sign of the great power of God, and we will call it Akakur. The saint bought a garron or nag for carrying stones, and he blessed it. For no burden had ever been laid upon it that it was not able to carry. Then he got workmen, masons and carpenters and began to found the church. After a while, the men began clamouring that they had nothing to eat. There was great famine and scarcity in the country that year. Meal was so scarce that few people had any to spare or to sell, either for gold or silver. There was a man named Black Cormac living near the place. He had the full of a barn of bags of meal. The saint took the men and the garron with him one morning to the house of Black Cormac, and he inquired how much would he be asking for as much meal as the garron would be able to carry on his back. Cormac looked at the garron and said, So much, naming his price. It's a bargain, said the saint, handing him money down. The men went into the barn and brought out a great bag and set it on the garron's back. Cormac said that it would break the creature's back. Never mind, said the saint. Keep packing bags on him until I tell you to stop. 
they put bag after bag on him until they had a pile as big as a small house. Drive on now, says the saint. The garron went off as readily and quickly as though it had only one bag. There was great anger on Black Cormac, and he said, My share of trouble on ye, ye have me destroyed out and out. There was amazement upon every person who saw the garron and the load that was on him. A short time after this, the workmen asked the saint for meat, for they were working very hard. Some of them said that they heard that Black Cormac had a bull to sell cheap. The saint sent for Cormac and asked him how much would he be wanting for the bull. Now it was a savage bull who had killed many people, and since Connop hated the saint with the great hatred, he hoped the bull would kill him, and he told him, You can have the bull for nothing if you go yourself for him. I'm very thankful to you, said the saint. I'll go for him in the evening, when I'll have my work done. That evening the saint went to Black Cormac's house and asked him to show him the field where the black bull was. He was greatly delighted and said, Follow me. The walk is not a long one. He brought the saint down to a boreen and showed him the bull in the field and said to him, Take him with you now if you can. The saint went into the field and when the bull saw him it raised its head and tail in the air and came towards him in anger. He raised his crozier and made the sign of Christ between himself and the bull. The beast lowered his head and his tail and followed the saint as quietly as a lamb. When the saint came home, he killed the bull and told the men, Take the flesh with thee, but leave the skin and the bones. They took the flesh with them and ate it. A week after that, Black Cormac came to the saint and said, I hear people saying that you are an honest man but I know that you have done me a great wrong. How so? said the saint. About my meal and my bull, said he. I gave you your own bargain for the meal, and as for your bull, you can have it back if you wish it. How could I get it back and it eaten by you and your workmen? said Black Cormac. The saint called for Finton and told him, Bring me the skin and bones of the bull. He brought them to him and he prayed over them and in a moment the bull leapt up as well as ever he was. Now, said the saint, take your bull home with you. Black Cormac was greatly surprised, and when he went home he told the neighbours that it was an enchanter the saint was, and that his own bull was a blessed bull, and that it was proper that the people should worship it. They believed that, and they said that they would come on Sunday morning. The saint heard what Cormac had done, and he threatened him, saying not to lead the people astray from the true faith that he himself was teaching them. But Black Cormac would not listen to him. On Sunday morning, some of the people gathered along with him to worship the bull, and Black Cormac was the first to go into the field to set an example, and he went to prostrate himself in the presence of the bull, but the beast came and put his two horns under him behind and tossed him up in the air so high that when he came to the ground he was dead. The people remember that still in West Connacht as Cormac Dove's Sunday. When St. Patrick finished his church, he said it mass in it, and after that he faced for the week, for many of the serpents had gone up that hill out of fear of the saint. For that reason, he followed them and found that they were up on the top of the week. When he came to the bottom, he dug a great hole and he went up on the week and drove the serpents down. They fell into the hole and were all drowned but two. Those two escaped from him, 
one of them went into a hole in a great rock near the mouth of the forge in Turali, and wrought great havoc amongst the people. Every night when the sun would be going down, the serpent used to light a candle, and anybody who would see the light used to fall dead. The people called the serpent Sershin, and the rock is to be seen to this day, and it is called Karak Sershin. The saint followed this serpent. He and his servant Finton came to a little village near Carrick Sertion, and the saint asked a widow for lodgings for himself and his servant. I'll give you that, said she, but I must close my door before set of sun. Why so? said the saint. There is a serpent in a hole of a rock out in the sea. He lights a candle every evening before sunset, and anybody who sees that light falls dead. He is great destruction made amongst the people. Have you a candle in the house? said the saint. Indeed I have not, said she. Have you the makings of a candle? said the saint. No, said she, but I have dry rushes. Then the saint drew out a knife and opened Finton's stomach and took a bit of lard out of it and gave it to the woman of the house and told her to make a candle. She did as he had directed and when the candle was made the saint lit it and stood in the mouth of the door. It was not long until the serpent lit his candle, but no sooner was it lit than it fell dead. The people thanked the saint greatly, and he explained to them the mighty power and the love of God and baptized them all. When the other serpent escaped St. Patrick, it never stopped until it went in on a little island that was in the north of the country. The name of the serpent was Bullon Moor, or Big Bullon. He was as big as a round tower. St. Patrick pursued Boulon, but when he came as far as the lake, he had no boat to take him to the island. He stripped off his clothes, and with his crozier in his hand, he leapt into the water and began swimming to the island. When the serpent saw the saint coming to him, he took to the water, and when he came as far as the saint, he opened his mouth, and as sure as I'm telling it, he swallowed the saint. Bullon Moore had a great wide stomach, and when the saint found himself shut up there, he began striking on every side with his closure, and Bullon Moore began to throw a flood of blood out of his mouth until the water of the lake was red, Jarrag, and there is no name on the lake from that day to this but Loch Jarrag. The saint was beating Bullon Moore with the closure until he killed him. Then he made a hole in his side and came out, and drew Bullon Moore's body to land after him. There was wonder and great joy on the people of the villages round about, because neither man, beast nor bird had come to the lake since Boulogne came there, but he had swallowed down into his big stomach, and it was great good for them he to be dead. The next day the saint got a boat, and he and Finton and a number of the people from the villages went to the island. St. Patrick blessed the little island, and it was not long until a number of pious men came and cut out the site of a monastery on the island. And from that time to the present, good people go on a pilgrimage to that blessed island. St. Patrick remained for a time amongst the people near Loch Derg, teaching and baptizing them. And as soon as some of them were able to teach the others, he returned to Ahagower. While the saint had been away from them, some of them had fallen into unbelief. But so soon as he came back, they returned to the true faith of St. Patrick and never lost it more. Many people also came to the saint, seeking to buy the little garn from him, but he would not sell it. One day the king, who was over Connacht at that time, came and said, 
I hear you have a wonderful garran, and that he is able to carry a heavy load. He is a good garran, said the saint. No load has failed him since I bought him, and I wouldn't like to part with him. I'll give you as much gold as he will be able to carry on his back, in one load in one day, from rise of sun until it sets. It is thirty miles from my castles to this place, and he must do the journey in one day. Perhaps you have not as much gold in the house as the garran can carry, said the saint. If I haven't, said the king, I'll give you as much as will found three churches for you, and you'll have your garran too. It's a bargain, said the saint. The king had a coach, a tent, and servants, and he said, I'll wait here till morning, and you can come to my castle with me, and the morning after you can go home with your load. Very well, let it be so, said the saint. On the morning of the next day they all departed, the saint riding on the garren and the king and his servants in the coach. The king drove his horses as fast as they were able to run to see would the garren be able to keep up with them. But if they had to go seven times as quick, the garren was able for them. St. Patrick remained that night at the king's castle and next morning before sunrise the king brought himself and his garren to his treasury. The treasurer was there with his men. They filled a great bag with gold and put it on the garren's back. Will he be able to carry it home? said the king. He will, and twenty times as much, said the saint. He filled another bag and put it on him, and another bag after that. Isn't there his enough of a load on him now? said the king. There isn't a half or a quarter of a load yet on him, said the saint. They were putting bags on him until every ounce in the treasury was on him. Then the saint said, To show that there isn't half a load on him yet, put two or three tons of iron on top of the gold. They did that, and the garren walked out as lightly as though there had been nothing in it but a bag of oats. Now, said the saint, you see that my garanine hasn't half a load on him yet. I see he has not, said the king. There is more power in your garren than in all the horses of the ordery. Take your garren home again, and begin and set up those churches, and I'll pay the cost. The saint rode on his garren and came home. He soon began to put up the three churches, and the king paid the cost. But the garren carried every stone that went to the building. The people have the old saying still, when they want to praise anyone, may you have the strength of Patrick's garren. When the three churches were finished, he bestowed his garren on the brethren, and he himself went northward, lighting a coal of faith throughout Ireland, which was never quenched, and never shall be quenched. When the great judgments shall come, it is St. Patrick, who will judge the children of the Gael. End of chapter 45 Recording by Kate Mulligan, County Westmeath, Ireland.